gentlemen, my name is Vinny Oxella. I am the Bariatric Bachelor, now engaged, and you're listening to the Bariatric Bachelor, now engaged podcast. Today is Sunday, October 24th, 2021, and uh, we are a week away from Halloween, which means the politicians in Washington are probably going to keep their masks on because they don't take them off. Uh, but regardless, I am here today with a brand new co-host um, who she's getting her feet wet. I know she is not my fiance, um, but I, she's a good friend of mine, and we have a lot of stuff that in common, and we're going to be talking about that today. Um, she's about to embark on a new journey in uh, writing, uh, but as of right now, she's still working on her works, and um, her name is Valerie Noyes. So I want to introduce her and have her introduce herself. All right. Well, you heard it. I'm Valerie. And this is, I am popping my podcast cherry right now, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. And Vinny promised if I screwed up too bad, he'd edit it out. So if I say something really dumb, you guys probably weren't going to hear it. <laughs> that may be right, but I just don't always, uh, I don't like to edit things too much if I don't have to. Um, but I like, I like it to seem real. I like to seem conversational, um, because honestly, we're all human. We're not perfect. Although we try to play it, but, um, <laughs> I can't I, even fake that one. <laughs> what was that? I can't even fake perfect. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, not a problem at all, but, um, either way, I do want to Thank you for joining me. It's been a long time coming about me finding a podcast uh, co-host. Um, so I generally talk about anything. And you've listened to uh, the most recent iteration of my podcasts. So you know how passionate I could be about certain subjects, which is one of the reasons why you're joining me. <laughs> All right. Hey, before you start on the um, general hospital what is it about that that you like? I mean, I watched, I, I don't know, don't get it. So <laughs> tell me what is its appeal to you? Well, I have always liked the drama. And honestly, my, uh, my mother watched it when I was growing up. So like anytime I would be off school or whatever, it was always all my children, One Life to Live, General Hospital, the, the trilogy of ABC soaps back then. And uh, I, you know, I, it never really dawned on me as a child, but, you know, it's like I, I kind of knew about the characters just from her. Um, but when it came down to it, uh, as an adult, I never really thought about it. But then when I was actually with my son's mother, she watched it. So I ended up getting back into it. Then um, while I was in prison, Amazingly, many people, many guys in prison watch General Hospital, which I never thought was possible. Um, but then again, at the time when General Hospital was on at three o'clock in the afternoon, that was count time. So everybody was locked in their cells anyways. So it made sense that between three and four, that's you'd be watching TV. So um, and then I just never stopped. So, I mean, I've been watching it religiously for over a decade at this point. And uh, I, I enjoy the characters. Family, huh? What was that? <laughs> They're family to you, then, huh? They could be, yeah. Um, 
I enjoy the characters. I like, but I also like the watching the performances and I like watching it as a fan. Like there's too many people that, in my opinion, and this just doesn't go for just for General Hospital, but also for the, the Twitter, the, the uh, social media wrestling community. Um, they tried they try to watch any kind of shows as a critic or try to be a critic or try to think they know more than they do. And I like watching it as a fan and reacting as a fan um, because I've been a wrestling fan all my life and I've been a fan now of General Hospital for a, a lot of my life. So I do. I like uh, to react as a fan and not throw hate unless I feel a hatred towards the character. That makes sense. What kind of TV shows are you into? Uh, well, at work, I always have on the news. Okay. And I get very passionate about the news. And people tell me to, well, just shut it off. And I'm like, I think too much of our country is just shutting it off. And I want to know what's going on out there. I used to have a whole different view. Like my little world was all I could handle. And so I just left the rest. Like I can't do anything about it anyway. But I guess, you know, if I'm going to take it in the ass, I want some KY. So, <laughs> you know, I just want to be prepared a little bit. And I, I think that stuff that's going on right now, if people don't talk about it, then it's just going to happen. And a lot of people have fought for this country for a long time. And if the worst I'm going to get is upset because I'm watching it on the news, then I guess, I don't know. I just, I, I can't just ignore it anymore. I completely agree with you. And you know, it's like, you made a good point that the majority of people are now turning it off, but do you think that it's that they turn it off because they want to turn it off and they don't want to know about it? Or do you think it's because they're being told that everything is PG, but yet when you actually actually look at the facts, everything's not? I think it's a little bit of both. I think there's a lot of, if I don't know it's happening, it's not really happening. And like I said, I used to do that too. And then um, honestly, when President Obama was in and my life totally changed, you wouldn't think that that, that would make that much difference. But I seriously went from working one job and being happy and being able to insure my family and all was good to having to work two full-time jobs just to afford insurance. So people say, and, and I think it probably was that Obamacare was good for some people, but it definitely wasn't for me. No, it wasn't and, for a lot of people. Right. But, and I don't know, I, I kind of feel like whenever they say something's free, they're really saying I have to pay for it. Right. <laughs> you know, it's going to be me. And sorry, I can't afford it. I I can't send my own kid to college. She had to get her own scholarships. You know, there's so I can't pay for everyone's. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to get all political, no. but news is what I've been watching and <laughs> um, I really like um watch Netflix in the evenings if I have time. Most of the time I have a son, a 16-year-old son who loves to play on his Xbox. And so most evenings I do nothing but he, I write and he yells at the screen. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I try to spend my time writing, but like right now I don't have a book started and I've got to, I've got to get it. 
So <laughs> I'm a little lost at the moment. <laughs> hey, you know what? You're between books, but from the books that I've read thus far, uh, they're in the process of getting published and being and getting into the that's that uh, close to being on bookshelves. I'm so excited. Yes, we're in the la last step. Um, my very first book will be just finally approved the cover design, which <laughs> what's the hardest part for me? Okay, so this is going to make me sound really stupid, but I'll say it anyway. I, in my mind, thought, okay, <laughs> that if the person that was going to help design the cover would actually know what was in the book. <laughs> and then I, I think about it, it's so naive, but I never really thought that I had to describe every detail of what I wanted on the outside because somewhere in my mind, I thought they'd know what was on the inside. And so I get that. And I would think too that, that if they're, if you're going to, and, and I guess it, I agree with the na naivety part, because I would think the same thing. If you're going to be a cover designer for a book, you would think you would take the time to at least read part of the book or at least read, you know, something in the middle where you're getting to the plot. Right. But that's not how it works. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that took a while, longer than I wanted. But I think it's going to be, I think the first book is cute, mm -hmm. is sweet. Um, it's about my life. It's based on my life. And it's not all true, but it's all like real, if that makes any sense. You know, it's like historical, it's, it's, it's almost similar to, well, not even like a Dan Brown book, because Dan Brown uses realism towards a fictional story is it this your story is more realistic in the plot base is just turned up to 150 <laughs> percent yeah <laughs> and a lot of the things that happened in there did happen to me okay. um my character in the book is a little stronger than i was okay and did more things that i wish i could have okay you know um but it's it was fun and it was nice uh to visit my family again as a child because when i write i get into that so much that i'm like there and then when i'm done i i miss them i miss my characters and okay now we were talking about general hospital and not about me <laughs> <laughs> but you know what it, it all goes together because honestly it's storylines you know and you you going and giving into your passion and working on your passion of writing, you know, it's, it's a story and you want to tell stories. So when it comes to general hospital and we're going to be talking about a whole lot of bunch of stuff today. Um, you know, I do have a special song that I'm going to be playing. We'll get to a little later. Um, I don't have the rights to it. Um, I'm actually going to reach out to the person who sang it to try to get an interview with him um, on an upcoming episode if I can if he even accepts my message. Uh, but, you know, um, we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff. In terms of General Hospital, I I like the characters. And, like, what I do is I look at the characters through a different set of eyes. Because I have the wrestling background, and we'll take, for example, a character on General Hospital. His name is Peter August. Um, he He's actually a legacy villain. Um, what I mean by that is he's the son of one of the uh, most uh, detested villains in Port Charles history, Cesar Faison. Um, and he came to town under an assumed identity. His, re identity, his real name is actually Heinrich Faison, 
Um, but he came into Port Charles under assumed identity, tried to get into the, uh, you know, the, the grand scheme of life there in Port Charles, all while having an ulterior motive. Um, he, I mean, he came out and it was found out that he was Faison's son a while ago, you know, into the point of uh, when his, I think it was half-brother Nathan was shot and the, the storylines intertwine. Anyways, Wes Ramsey, who plays Peter August, gets a lot of heat online. He gets a lot of heat on Twitter. A lot of people say either he overacts or he can't act, or I see it completely differently. And Peter August, in my opinion, is one of the stronger characters on the show because of his acting ability to the point of his promos remind me of a 1990s, early 90s, late 80s, Jake the Snake Roberts from the WWE, very psychological. He speaks softly so that you have to listen to what he's saying instead of this over-the-top character like a Hulk Hogan or like an Ultimate Warrior where, you know, they're yelling and screaming and getting their point across. And with the Ultimate Warriors, like, none of his promos ever made sense, but he, it was loud as boisterous. He had charisma. The Peter August character is um, – more methodical, more cerebral, where he makes you think. He's got an ulterior motive. Everything he says has a double entendre, and not to the obviously sexual point of point of things, but it does have a double entendre because you know that it's going to come true in one way or another. So that, to me, is a very important, uh, a very important part of of storytelling, and. Unfortunately, our society today and our watching uh, our television habits or watching habits, they don't they're not as patient as they used to be. You know, like the long term storylines are gone. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, I usually fine. end up getting into the show and then it uh, it goes off, you know, <laughs> I'm like, what do I do now? <laughs> well, exactly. Like. Even some of these, like Mike and Molly, for example, I absolutely love that show, but it only ran for, what, five years, maybe six seasons? And um, it's almost like writers run out of storylines and storytelling because everything is done so quickly nowadays. Um, where back in the past, if you look at some of the sitcoms from the past, like A Full House, like A Married with Children, like A family matters you know that run for seven eight nine ten years they're constantly either have an ongoing storyline throughout the season that ends up you know coming true at the end but with other single episode plots now i think those are missing i can see that I, that that's i think is how a book is better um i don't know you there's a an, an in-depthness that you get right compared to tv but tv is a lot easier oh, <laughs> you absolutely. don't have any effort. <laughs> do you have do you have a feeling about down the road that maybe one of your books will be adapted into a movie or a tv series no nah, i can't see that <laughs> <laughs> all right well i just want people to read them that's all well of course that's the that's the goal of any author is that you want you know you want to be read and uh, I, I, from what I've read, I think it's absolutely, they're, fan, they're fantastic. So I, uh, I, would, I think that. you're very talented. 
<laughs> Thank you. You're very welcome. Um, but anyway, so I could go over General Hospital uh, a little later on. Um, although I will say this past week was was really good. Um, although I do, and let me kind of ask you, as not as a General Hospital fan, not as a uh, Soda Bopper fan, but in terms of seeing in life. Um, so Friday's episode ended. One of the characters, Nina Reeves, got arrested uh, for identity fraud. The main character, Sonny Corinthos, back in November of last year, right before Thanksgiving time, had a horrific accident, fell to presumably his death, ended up waking up or, or, or yeah, ended up, you know, waking up with amnesia, didn't know who he was. He was in uh, Nixon Falls, Pennsylvania, which obviously is, you know, not Port Charles, New York, ended up thinking for nine months that he was this uh, guy named Mike. Obviously, his real name is Michael. His father, who just passed away, his name was Mike, and he had his father's watch on, which had the name Mike engraved on it. So that's why when he was found, you know, he's like, okay, well, maybe my name is Mike. He portrayed this character for nine months. And, you know, because that's who he thought he was. He had no recollection of his former life. This woman, Nina, comes to Nixon Falls on a, on a completely different storyline, ends up, you know, seeing that Sonny's alive. They share a grandchild. Nina is not the biggest fan of Sonny or his real wife. So she ends up keeping that knowledge to herself. Is there a crime there where Nina not telling, you know, Mike who he really is or more his family that he's still alive? Is there a crime? In your opinion, without even knowing anything about soap opera logic or lack thereof. I don't think I wouldn't see a legal crime. I think it's sucks. It's nasty of her, but is, I mean, did, did someone ask her, like, did the, did the law ask her, did you, have you seen him? Do you know where he is? Any of that? No. Like, I mean, they never broke, like there was one, one scene where, see, here's, here's where everything intertwines with soap operas. Nell, um, Nell Benson, who is the biological mother of um, Sonny's grandchild, Wiley, um, turned out to be Nina's long lost daughter. So therefore, Nina didn't know that Nell was her daughter until after Nell died, supposedly. And Sonny's wife, Carly, and her ex-husband Jax knew the truth and didn't let Nina know until she was dead. Nina tried calling Carly to say that Sonny was alive at the towards like Thanksgiving time, but Carly was still very upset with Nina and said, don't you try to take us to court for visitation with Wiley and this and that, and it went sideways. So she ended up not telling her anything. But in terms of any legal legal problems, legal trouble, I think that identity fraud is a, is a, is a reach. Um, I don't think that that's even a possibility of a case. Did she have anything to do with him to no. like make him think that he was, she just saw him and knew he was alive. She saw him, she knew he was alive. They became friendly. They fell in love and, you know, started to carry on a pseudo relationship 
And then when Sonny's memories ended up coming back to him and he remembered who he was, but he still had those memories of being Mike, you know, then he was able to go back to his family. But now, you know, he's, Sonny has basically put out the ultimatum saying, okay, well, we could coexist in Port Charles, but it's going to be on my terms. You know, he's like, you know, um, and basically saying that he's the one that's going to keep it under control or whatever, and not acknowledging the month-long relationship that he and Nina had. Um, so that's where we stand with that. And Friday's episode ended with her getting arrested. Um, although I I will say that that storyline has kind of um, bubbled over to. Uh, Sonny's son Michael and his um, wife slash ex-wife um, slash Wiley's adopted mother Willow's relationship because Michael is the one who's pushing to have Nina prosecuted, not Sonny. So it's again, we go back to you know, soap opera logic where Michael, you know, was upset that Nina kept Sonny from his family for nine months or whatever it was. And now, you know, being that Nina is Wiley's grandmother from his mother's, from his, you know, biological mother's side, he wants to kind of keep that, keep her out of the picture. And, you know, again, he's not getting involved personally by doing a civil suit, but he's doing a uh, legal, uh, a criminal suit a criminal case in which case his company elq because he's half quarter main and he's now no no not elq aurora aurora media that's right he's ceo of aurora media now um is backing the da who's running for state senate in pennsylvania so <laughs> yeah again no proper logic oh anyways um, okay. <laughs> that's more of the, how do you remember all those people well i did <laughs> just watching friday's episode um but oh. again it's it's weird because like my mother got me into it but she's not as into it as i am anymore she'll, but she'll call me she'll be ask me who this person is and i'm like oh that's so and so and here's this you know how they came to port charles and here's you know the storylines of how they were developed and the character developed behind it and you know it's like it's hard because if you're you know if for example like you're not somebody who's who's a general hospital fan who watches it so it's it's hard trying to explain the the <laughs> single branches of a soap opera lifestyle right right <laughs> sometimes with my own family i feel like if you don't know me or my history it's kind of like that it's like you end up by the time you explain how you're connected to everybody, you forget what you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely understand that. But let's kind of shift gears. Um, let's kind of shift gears a little bit. One thing, one of the one of the things that we do have in common is our political beliefs, our political, you know, side of 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 things and our viewpoints. Um, and honestly, we don't, haven't talked about every little issue that's out there. 
Um, but we have talked about a little, you know, it's funny. I was at kickboxing this morning and I burned like six, over 600 calories in the hour in the 45 minutes of kickboxing, which is a, which is a lot. Um, and my instructor asked me, it's like, you know, you burn 600 calories. How, you know, how is that possible? I'm like, you know what? I said, because I just got gas and I pictured our president's face on that punching bag because <laughs> our gas prices are high because of him. Yes. In, in, as well as everything else is going up because he's the one that cut off the, you know, Alaskan pipeline, the Keystone pipeline that was, you know, bringing our own oil into our country. And now we're, again, we're not only dependent on foreign oil, but now he's also cutting off the supply chain, you know, with many different things. As you can see, the, the boats that are docked, they can't even dock in California and are being, you know, detoured to Florida because Florida will let them come in. It, it just is so frustrating because, yeah, there's just, there's no, okay, so I have friends who think that there's no way that he is in control that's doing this. And right. that's one way to look at it that he is just the face and people are telling him what to do that, you know, that you, there's some dementia there. There, um, no, there definitely is. I agree. He actually, I, um, uh, he actually has passed my expectations of him to the point where I thought he was going to be out within six months and Camel Toe Harris would be in, be the president. Okay, so do you think that that really was the plan until they saw so. how horrible she really is? That she does not have a good public face. Nope. She, she can't even fake it. So, that, I mean, that's kind of my theory. I really thought, I, I think that um, in the poll, I had three months before mm -hmm. <laughs> he would be out. But I, she has kind of been a disappointment even to me and um i wasn't expecting much right um that's i think that i think plans probably changed when I they realized so they you couldn't really get behind her because i don't she's know likable she, she is not um why why her in the first place why was right. she picked i realized um, if you're going to let she was she was picked specifically because because they couldn't get Hillary in as the first woman president, so they knew that with Biden being as neuro neurologically deficient as he is, and that's putting it lightly, that mm -hmm. he wouldn't last more than a year as president, and she would take over, so that they can get their first not only woman president but first black woman president. But there's a lot better black I mean black women. Oh, yeah. Options. I mean, I don't get why her. I mean, they didn't have that great of a relationship. She accused him of being a racist. Which um, is true. Um, I wouldn't doubt that one little bit. Um, <laughs> the thing with being called a racist nowadays, I kind it's of... Been overused. Definitely. And so whenever someone says that inside of me, it goes, I tell myself, I don't know their heart. And that's right. the only way. You could act as wonderful and accepting on the outside and still have the hatred inside right so for me i try to when someone says someone's racist i was i want the proof and yeah. so you can't really know their heart but 
she did make it look that way yeah. <laughs> and he made it look that way and but um no, well i mean he's been in politics for over 40 years now it was mm -hmm. back in the early 90s that he signed the bill that you know with the with the uh very harsh sentences for drug crimes that put a lot of African-Americans behind bars for many, re for, for reasons that should only get a slap on the wrist. You know, there are people sitting in federal prison now that are, you know, doing year long, you know, years, decades long terms for marijuana. Now marijuana, marijuana is legal in almost 50% of the country. So, right. you know, it's like, I can understand like if you're part of a cartel or, you know, you know, a, a drug ring or drug cartel from, you know, that's getting it from Colombia or Mexico or anything. But if you're just selling weed, like, why would you get like 50 years for something like that? And of course, these numbers are exaggerated, but still. Yeah, I. Why do people not look into that? That's what I want to know about his past. You know, I tried to like, OK, well, let's look at his record as a senator and the, I get stupid things like, oh, people change. I'm like, really? <laughs> really? That's what we're going to go with now? But, but, under that same, but under that same tone is how many people that when Trump was running for president brought up the fact that he was sued by the, you know, for not accepting Section 8 or not accepting federal, you know, the, the what was the term? Um, well, federal housing, government housing, government assistance housing you know, people who applied for that under his and called him a racist back in the 60s or 70s. And, you know, and then during that time, well, you know, again, that that argument is, you know, people change. Well, he never once claimed that he didn't want black people living there. He didn't want to accept government subsidy. There's difference with that. Exactly. I don't know. I think the, the one... Now that we're on Trump, you broached the subject. I was avoiding the whole, but what about Trumpism? <laughs> I, the thing with him, when people, when I hear that he is a sexist and doesn't value women. And I just think, look at his daughters. Mm -hmm. How could a man who didn't value women have that successful of daughters? Right. How would he be surrounded by all these women who respect him? Mm -hmm. And you can see it. Well, I don't. Haley Mac, uh, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it's like she she's a female who ran his campaign. The first success, the first female in history to run a successful presidential campaign. And you're going to say that he's doesn't value women all because he comes up, you know, in a in a conversation that wasn't even meant to be recorded saying oh let's grab him by the pussy like yeah. do you know any men that wouldn't say shit like that oh of course I mean, not i don't I, I know some really good men and they're all they all talk about body parts guess yeah. what i know you women do. that'll talk like that oh yeah <laughs> the stuff we talk about men. <laughs> i agree and if you uh they say, well, we wouldn't do it on camera. Well, he didn't realize. Realize he was being recorded. Yeah. Exactly. I guess. I guess if you have to live your life like every second's going to be recorded, it's going to be boring. Well, I mean, that's where we're at nowadays with social media and with, you know, these 
TMZ people, how they're always looking to record something and get the, the next clickbait, the next, you know, uh, story video, you know, viral video. We see it all the time, even with, you know, police officers and every arrest has to be scrutinized and everything that has to, has to you know, be gone through with a fine tooth comb. Well, that makes me think of what happened this week on the train where that lady was raped for 40 minutes. I didn't hear about that. 10 people on the train with her, um, Pennsylvania, I believe. And this guy was harassing her and raped her. There was 10 people in there. They recorded it and no one helped her until they went through 27 stops and still no one helped her until oh uh, someone who worked on the train came in and pushed him off of her. But they, they recorded it, but they didn't even call 911. I, I hope they all get arrested for accessory after the fact or, or something like that because I'm sorry, but where do we go in human nature that, oh, let's record, let's not help. The, oh, it just makes me sick. It makes me think if we really are as a society that far gone, maybe yeah. we deserve Biden. What the hell? I mean, maybe we do. Um, I just, I just can't even imagine. And I honestly thought the same with, with George Floyd. Yeah, exactly. Why didn't anyone push that guy off? I realized he was a cop. And that changes it a bit. And people did at least call 911. Right. But but at the same time with the George Floyd case, that was personal. Yes. So the cop and, and Floyd had personal history for dating back for whatever, and he had personal animosity. Mm-hmm. When when that happened, was it a racial thing? No, absolutely not. Should it have sparked all these, you know, peaceful protests? And I say that in air quotes. No, absolutely not. It was a it was an incident that happened that it shouldn't have happened. No matter how much how much of a to say the word idiot is putting it lightly, but you know, um, no matter how much somebody is you know not a great person, they don't deserve to die like that. No, not at all. And see, I just I just cried when I watched it. You know, I just I felt just sick and. They showed it, you know, on TV all the time. And like, uh, think of how his mother would feel, how his daughter, his girlfriend, I don't think it was wife, but to see him dying and it just- Because uh, they it, wanted the public sympathy because he wasn't a good person. Yeah, yeah, I, neither one of those men were good people. No, you're, you're absolutely right, absolutely. And the protests were ridiculous because they, I think, probably would do more harm for actually getting justice for George Floyd. I mean, if they um, can, with all the media, all the chaos around it, makes it harder to have a fair trial. Mm-hmm. And any reason why a trial can be looked at later and say, oh, we have to overturn this because you didn't follow this rule or you, you know, there's, there's just, they just made it worse. Yeah. And not to mention all the people who were damaged, whose property was damaged that didn't have anything to do with it. But it all, you know, and it also comes to the point of, 
let's let's put it into context. How about the woman that he held at knife point who was pregnant during a home invasion robbery? Like, how did how would she feel that the guy that attacked her is being treated as a martyr? I mean, it goes, it goes the other way too. Like, mm-hmm. okay, no mother, no, no parent wants to bury their child. No, no parent wants to see their child getting hurt. I get that. As a father, I would never want to see anything like that happen to my son. And of course, you know, I'll probably get to tweet, oh, well, your son is white. That's not going to happen. My son is gay, you know? So there's a lot of gay haters out there. I mean, even with the LGBT alphabet soup community out there, like, there's a lot of people who, who do hate gays and, you know, you want to think, Oh, well, we're getting to be such a progressive tolerant society. You know, it's not there yet. And, you know, it's like, granted in Connecticut, it is a, you know, a democratic stronghold. You know, we've had the democratic governor for the past number of years and doesn't seem like we're getting rid of him anytime soon, but, um, I think I think legitimately the majority of people in this world are accepting and tolerant of other people and other cultures and other ideas, but it's the vocal minority that paints a bad picture on both sides. I'm not just saying from a from a Democrat side or liberal side, like the women that are dressing up with their pussy hats and this and that, you know, when Trump got elected and this and that. But there's also on the on the Republican side too. Oh, yeah. you know, the, the guy, the people that go out and bomb abortion clinics and then, you know, the, the Christian extremists and everything. I don't relate to them just as much as I don't relate to the Black Lives Matter people. Right. I, I think um, my daughter uh, is, uh, she's liberal. Mm-hmm. And um, all I ask of her is that she don't that that she doesn't base all of her feelings on other people's feelings that she does research yeah you can argue a point with me even if i'm not ever going to agree with you but if you can tell me facts Mm -hmm. to support your idea not just oh i feel this way i feel that trump was awful well okay you can feel what you want but show me some facts right that's all. I mean, I really would love to have someone have a Democrat come in and give me a decent argument. As to what was and, so bad under Trump, other than he was, I will be completely honest with you. Trump was not the typical presidential speaker. He spoke his mind. Yes. You know, he maybe shouldn't have tweeted so much, but at the same time, he's somebody that put it out there, you know, right. he wasn't a, you know, he's not a polished speaker by any means. <laughs> I mean, he's, you know, but it's the same, you know, and every, the problem is that we've, we've been so used to, you know, the political correctness where you don't want to upset anybody. You want to, you know, make everybody feel good about themselves. And Trump just said it like it is. And who cares if he hurt your feelings, then he was probably talking about you. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, he, he seemed a lot more real. And, exactly. And when people say not presidential, and I get that. Right. But if you look at the history of our presidents, and not just the ones 
that have been around since Twitter has. Yep. I mean, he had a platform that a lot of people, almost all of the presidents in the past didn't have. Right. And we've had access to his thoughts. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe every thought shouldn't be shown, but at least you know what you got with him. Exactly. And, I, and honestly, if, if Twitter, if social media was around back in the early 90s, like, you know, back when, or even late, well, yeah, late 80s, early 90s, when Bush Sr. was in president, was in office, and, uh, and then Clinton won in 92, Ross Perot, who basically stated he got into the running just to draw votes away from Bush so that Clinton would win. He knew he had he didn't have a snowball's chance in hell of winning the presidency, but he wanted to make that splash and put it out there and draw votes away from Bush. Do you think that in this day and age with social media, any third party candidate, whether it be Ross Perot or Gary Johnson or you know anybody from a third party, do you think that we're almost to the point where a two party system is dead? Well, I kind of think it should be. I think that we should have other options. And um, yeah, it would be nice to be able to vote. I've always thought if I vote for the third, you know, I mean, then we have, I'm throwing my vote away because there's no, no way that they're going to um, be elected. It, I don't know what, I don't know what that would look like because, you know, this is all I've ever known. Right. <laughs> but our, I think that our, our voting needs help. Mm -hmm. I don't think that the, what they're trying to put in in Congress right now would help at all since, you know, we are the United States of America and the states are supposed to have that power. Right. We're not a federalist country. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of people forget that, that they want to have one way that everything is done. And that would be great if everybody did it just right. Right. But um, it, it leads for way too much corruption. Like right now we have corrupt states mm -hmm. <laughs> more than like the whole system. Right. But I don't know. Did that make any sense? It uh, does make sense because... Honestly, we'll get we'll get uh, in a little bit. I'm going to play a play a song that became that was banned on on YouTube, um, but actually became the number one downloaded song on Apple over this week. Um, it's called "Let's Go Brandon," and it's by a rapper by the name of. Uh, give me one moment to get it. Uh, Bryson Gray, who. Honestly, at first, because of um, my naivety, uh, I thought it was a country singer, um, but <laughs> it's got that kind of a name to it. But no, um, he's actually he's a rapper and um, it's a good song. Doesn't curse, doesn't swear, doesn't use the N word like most rap music nowadays. Um, and I'm going to play the song. Let's go, Brandon, right now. And then on the other side, uh, we'll come back. We'll talk about how, so probably some more about how this country is going quickly from uh, to hell in a handbasket. And uh, 
what we can do to change it. We'll be back. Uh, my, I'm Vinny Apostel, the bariatric bachelor, now engaged. And my new co-host, Valerie, uh, hopefully co-host after this week, Valerie Noyes. And uh, we'll be back. Various shots that people are getting now cover that. They're, they're, you're okay. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Somebody got to do it. Hey, let's go Brandon. I keep a drum like I'm Nick Cannon. Hey. Hey, let's go Brandon. Pandemic ain't real, they just planted. Hey, hey, let's go Brandon. When you ask questions, they start banning. Hey, hey, let's go Brandon. Hey, hey, let's go Brandon. Hey, hey, let's go Brandon. I keep a drum like I'm Nick Cannon. Hey, hey, let's go Brandon. Pandemic ain't real, they just planted. Hey, hey, let's go Brandon. You ask questions, they start banning. Hey, hey, let's go Brandon. Let's go Brandon. Hey, hey. Biden said the jab stopped the spread, it was lies I remember How you wrote but you haven't opened your eyes These politicians are demons just in disguise Look at Kyrie Irving and Nicki Minaj Look at Australia, that's what's coming next if we don't stand up Stop complying with them, taking our rights, it's time to man up Republicans voting for red back laws, that's just what I can't trust If you ask what's about the facts, then they gonna ban us Hey, this is about control, everybody knows, everyone complies Where the kinds of pros, I don't need a plane, I just hit the road I do what I want, I can't sell my soul, market about the crash This is what you chose, ruining the country, I've been best to go You gon' take the mark, I take never rolls, I'm a man of God I can never Let's fold go, Brandon. I can I'm like I'm Nick Cannon. Hey, hey, let's go Brandon. Pandemic ain't real, they just planted. Hey, hey, let's go Brandon. When you ask questions, they start banning. Hey, hey, let's go Brandon. Hey, hey, let's go Brandon. Hey, hey, let's go Brandon. I keep a drum like I'm Nick Cannon. Hey, hey, let's go Brandon. Pandemic ain't real, they just planted. Hey, hey, let's go Brandon. You ask questions, they start banning. Hey, hey, let's go Brandon. Let's go Brandon. Let's go Brandon, and it's clear that man a wreck. Let's go Brandon, now the Taliban a threat Hey, you planted, now the Taliban is standing on our neck Chanting death to America, you are belly president Listen, I don't think you here, man Let me make it clear, man Better keep your hands into yourself, that stuff is weird, man I wish I could take you in the back place, smear the queer, man You could take the vax, I fear God I don't fear, man I'm on gear 10, believe me, we ready to rumble The only play the joke can execute is a fumble. I think we all know he's out to lunch. That dude went camping. I'm a Christian, so how do I say this? Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. I keep a drum like I'm Nick Cannon. Hey, hey, let's go, Brandon. Pandemic ain't real, they just planted. Hey, hey, let's go, Brandon. When you ask questions, they start banning. Hey, hey, let's go, Brandon. Hey, hey, let's go, Brandon. Hey, hey, let's go, Brandon. We know he capping. Patriots out in the street taking action, hunting us down for speaking the truth. Beat down the pedal to save all the youth. Media lying, ignore all the crying. They build them back better, but only the Taliban pilots on strike. But to show it's irrelevant, open the border, lose all the order, divide us up so they know that we never went, but we united. We here in the stadiums, everyone chanting it, seeing it slandering, Biden collapsing, and Democrats stealing it. Hey, we look at Joe. Can we get a refund? How about some mean tweets? Joe is a crook and he knows how to deceive. FJB is the motto in these streets. Let's go, Brandon. Sing Let's it with me. Brandon. I keep a drum like I'm Nick Cannon. Hey. Hey, let's go Brandon. Pandemic ain't real, they just planted. Hey, hey, let's go Brandon. You ask questions, they start banning. Hey, hey, let's go Brandon. Hey, hey, let's go Brandon. Hey, hey.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back to, now. Okay, we're back. You listen to the song. I am going to work on trying to get uh, Mr. Gray on to uh, interview him at some point soon. Um, but so that I think it's a great song. Um, I'm not a huge rap fan, although I have to say the, the past two songs that I've downloaded were actually rap songs um, between this one and then also the face off the song called face off from tech nine featuring the rock um but i think it's a good song and and it brings us to censorship in america i mean are we are we or are we not a free country do we not do we or do we not have freedom of speech i say we don't i mean we have the law saying we do but now i get now okay let's put it this way if that song was directed against Trump, how accepted do you think it would be on all these social media platforms? Oh, completely. I mean, we already know. I mean, when they take the president of the United States off of a platform and say that he cannot speak on it, then I guess you know where they stand politically. Right. Exactly. Like, and, and, and I get it. Private, they're a private company. They could do what they want. Facebook has rules where you can't be a convicted sex offender to be on Facebook. Like all sex offenders use that platform to try to find 13 year old or 14 year old kids. You know what I mean? So they have their, they have their rights as a private entity to enforce their own rules. I get that. However, at the same time, if you're claiming to be a social media uh, company and anybody could sign up and voice their opinion. Why are you going to silence opinions that don't match up with yours? Right. And if they're going to do that, they need rules, very specific rules. So you know when you're going to break them. Right. Um, and I, maybe they have that. I am so, I have no idea about social media. I. <laughs> I am old enough to not have a clue what I'm doing most of the time. Um, so, uh, and even, even on Facebook, I, I have it, but I don't really use it. Um, I, I, it's such a monopoly. I think that we, we have given our tech, con our laws have not kept up with the technology, mm -hmm. I think is the big problem. And so I, no one, when they started the internet, no one knew how it was going to blow up, you know? So there's rules. There needs to be some rules. Mm -hmm. But also, then we're back to how much government involvement do we want? Do we need, right. Yeah. I, you know, I voted for Trump. I do side the majority of the time with the Republican Party. But I'm more of a libertarian. And the reason why I say that is because Glenn Jacobs, who WWE Hall of Famer Kane, he became mayor of Knox County, Tennessee, you know, a couple years ago. And his, I read his book. Um, and it's called Mayor Kane for anybody who wants to read it. It's on Amazon. He's a libertarian. And he opened my eyes to the fact where, quite honestly, the libertarian platform is do whatever the hell you want, as long as it's not illegal and doesn't 
it doesn't uh, affect me. So that's why I say, you know what? I support the LGBTQ alphabet soup lifestyle because I have people in my life that I care about who live that kind of a lifestyle, who are gay, you know, who are lesbian, who are trans, you know? And I will say this, and I've pointed out before, in my opinion, a transgender is somebody who literally legitimately makes the effort to change their gender, not somebody who throws on clothes of the opposite gender and says, oh, I'm a woman today or I'm a man today. I, yeah, I think that's, I think that's dangerous. And that's what happened to that school board meeting that they, <laughs> which would get us way off topic again, but I. <laughs> that's okay. I, I, I roll with the punches. I don't know. I, the whole, um, I identify as mm-hmm. that. I identify as a tall, skinny, rich woman. Um, (laughs) But that doesn't change what I truly am. So I get it. it, it, It's just what happened to reality. And it's funny that you say that because I always use the analogy as I identify as a millionaire, but that doesn't change my bank account. Right. It doesn't make it true. Like, don't get me wrong. If um, I'm reminded a transgender person, um, Blair White. Okay, she's outspoken. I think she's a conservative, if I'm not mistaken. I follow her because she actually tosses the shit in, in everybody's face. Um, and then I follow her on, on Twitter, on Snapchat, and the like. She, she actually changed her gender. Born a man, became a woman. I get that. Even, you know, to the point of... Uh, What's her face? Um, oh, hell, I can't even think of her name now. Um, Caitlyn Jenner? Yeah, Caitlyn Jenner. Thank you. Um, again, made the legitimate chance, you know, choice to become a female. Right. Okay? But it's not the same as, like, a Demi Lovato, who is a female, clearly, but says, oh, I'm, you know, my pronouns are they and their and them. Excuse me? I don't see two people when I look at you. I don't, I don't get that. That is so confusing to me. Um, <laughs> I, um, okay, my daughter just went off to college mm-hmm. and um, her roommate identified as a male. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, <laughs> she's like, I... I don't even know what to say, but there's just so many different, it's not just male, female. There's so many different orientations that go with it. I'm just lost. I mean, I I wonder about dating apps. Do they have to say, I am a female with a vagina looking for a male with a penis? You know, do you have to go that specific? Because I could be a female who thinks that she's a male, but still wants to have gay sex with a man. Does, I mean. Right. (laughs) Exactly. It gets, it gets very confusing. And it's like, again, I have no problem I have no problem with people expressing their feelings, expressing their opinions, but when it gets to the point where it's government recognized, there's a problem. 
I'm sorry, but the, the state of California puts an X now, is able to put a gender X on a birth certificate. Okay, so what would that qualify as? Is that just the parents don't want to choose for the Yeah, child? the parents don't want to choose until the child chooses who they are when they get to be old enough. Like, where, when do you say is old enough? Last I knew, the age of maturity was 16 or 18 in most states. Like yeah, 19 it, here. So, um, <laughs> is does, does that mean that they're genderless? No. What's between their legs? Like, right. are they male? Like, don't, if you want to change your gender as an informed adult, go right ahead. But with all the publicity, with all the having to be politically correct, that we're, uh, minimalizing the people who truly feel like they were born wrong. You know, when anybody can just say, oh, today I feel like a man. Mm -hmm. um, what about the, does that like discount the person that truly just it didn't come out the way their insides didn't feel like their genitalia, you right. know, does that, when everybody has that, oh, well, you know, I used to feel that way, or I, I just don't, I think too many people do things for just publicity, for just wanting to be cool. I don't know. So well, I, I get it. And it, it, at first, I'll admit, when my son came out as gay, I'm like, oh, well, it's probably just because it's a cool thing to be nowadays. Um, you know, because it, it is, it's, it's popular. It's cool to be part of the LGBTQ alphabet soup lifestyle now. But, you know, it's like, again, he has proven that that's who he is. Not that he identifies that, you know, or not that, not that he wants to be a trans person or not that he, although he wants to be a drag queen, but that's, again, he realizes he's a male who is dressing up as a female in order to entertain people like RuPaul. You know, and which is fine. He accepts he accepts that he's a man. He's not trying to say, oh, well, I feel like a woman today. So that's why I'm putting on makeup. No, he just wants to entertain. Um, he wants to dress as a woman. Okay, whatever. He's not saying that he's going to go into a woman's restroom. And, and that, you know, but, and I get that. But I honestly feel like, and I agree with you that the people who truly have struggled with being gay, being a lesbian, feeling like they want to change their gender now because it's become so cool and the hip thing to do and they're the in crowd that now it kind of um what's the word i'm thinking of it kind of puts them into a corner again and it, it kind of makes them feel like well hell i'm not unique anymore i'm not special anymore because now everybody is come up with their own kind of sexuality, gender thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I, I kind of, I feel the same way you do to the point where it doesn't make it, you know, it puts them more uh, hidden. Right. And, and I think that it's okay for me to be proud that I'm straight. Exactly, me too. To be proud that I am a woman mm -hmm. and, you know, I, I don't know why I, I'm fine with you being proud to be gay. I mean, and I don't mean you specifically. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, anyone, 
you need to love who you are. Mm-hmm. You need to be proud of who you are. It's the same way. It's I think it's okay for me to like being white. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't think that makes me better than someone whose skin color is darker. And I really think darker skin color is kind of prettier because <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of ghost colored. But <laughs> um, you know, I just don't. I, I think it's okay to be proud. It doesn't make me a racist to be proud that I'm white no. any more than it makes you. And not giving away many spoilers, but I could tell from some of your writing that, you know, that that's kind of how you feel that it's, you know, broaching the subject of interracial relationships. You know, I can tell that from your writing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not... I don't want to say, and I don't want it to come off the wrong way. It's not my thing personally. I'm personally not attracted to somebody who's not, who's, you know, not my skin tone. And, and it's, and, and you know what, it's always going to come off wrong because there's going to be haters out there and there's, Oh, well, you should, you should love people for who they are. And this that, okay. Yes. But there has to be some kind of an attraction. And while I do, you know, and I, and yes, I've been wrong in the past to say someone is beautiful for a black woman. You know, I've said that before. And yes, that's wrong. Some you're beautiful no matter what. You shouldn't, I, I you shouldn't have to specify beautiful for being that kind of person. But right. you know, yes, I there are women out there who I do, you know, who I do think are beautiful, who are not somebody who I'm attracted to physically. Well, maybe I should specify it that way. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that I'd want to date or marry somebody like that true yeah there's um, and it's okay for that and you're not racist for being that way it really is i mean it's the same thing i mean sexual preference is a is i guess that's kind of what i'm even thinking saying it's okay for me to prefer to be that i'm sexually attracted to men that are the same color or that i'm sexually attracted to men just because it's now like to be what we used to call normal and i'm doing air quotes yeah (laughs) that that's still okay right because not cool you know (laughs) it's it's still okay for me to be turned on by what turns me on as long as i'm not hurting anybody right and the person that turns me on is legal (laughs) right exactly i don't mean like like not here illegally i mean Age-wise. Age-wise and uh, able to make their own decisions. Right. You know? That's, mm-hmm. So, so okay, what so, are we talking about? What? <laughs> what were we talking about? Well, I mean, we just kind of, you know, it, it's just going from one topic to the other, but it kind of brings up a good point as to what, what you said, you know, being legal, able to make their own decisions. How do you feel about these parents that are allowing their children as young as six, seven, eight years old, start to transition to being the opposite sex? Um, I don't. I, I don't think that that young a person knows. Right. I think, okay, so if your little girl wants to wear blue jeans and t-shirts all the time, fine. I mean, that's different than let's give them drugs. Yeah. Um, yeah I think you need to be at a legal age. I mean, well, how about I don't those know. girls that grew up as quote unquote tomboys? It kind of gives them a new meaning now because 
how many parents was it? Oh, well, my kid likes to, you know, my daughter likes to run around with the guys and do guy things. Now, maybe she really is a guy trapped in a girl's body. No, just that's what she likes doing. She likes to be rough and tumble and all that. She's not prim and proper. And I think, I think that's where we get to the point where there's no such thing as gender stereotypes anymore. And I think people read too much into certain things. Like I remember seeing uh, a picture not too long ago on Twitter where it was a Halloween, Halloween costume or party or something for kids. And the boy was dressed as a doctor and the girl was dressed as a nurse. And it generated so much heat on Twitter. Oh my God. It's such a, why is the boy dressed as a doctor and the girl dressed as a nurse? It could have been opposite. It could have been, well, what if the kids chose those costumes? Like, why do we have to get so bent out of shape? And uh, what's the word? Um, uh, um, triggered. There we go. Why do we have to go get, so get so triggered over everything nowadays? Yes. And it's okay for some things the guys to be better at. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't, the, it seems like... Uh, we, we kind of joke around here that um, white males are the only ones that aren't privileged anymore because true. yeah, <laughs> I am like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I well, you're, wish you're more... in Nebraska, right? Nebraska, the good life. Yes. <laughs> you're, you're a corn husker. I am. And we suck this year. I know <laughs> sure. we don't want to talk about football probably. <laughs> Well, I'm not. I'm not a huge football fan, but I mean, if you follow the Cornhuskers in NCAA, go right ahead and talk about them. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't watch much football. I, gosh, I'm so bad. You know, I like kind of to watch football, but it's mostly just to look at the guys' asses in those. <laughs> and now, um, it's like I probably shouldn't watch college football because they're just babies. <laughs> you know that's kind of skirting the line most college kids are probably 17 at the at the, at the youngest yeah that's uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> trying to you be a mrs. robinson over there what's that are you trying to be a mrs robinson over there <laughs> i'm gonna plead the fifth <laughs> well okay then moving on um <laughs> No, but I mean, it, you bring up a good point in that um, you watching football, we'll believe it just in football in general, to look at the guy's asses. And it's like, you can't say that nowadays without seeming sexist or like, you know, I've made a joke before in women's basketball, the balls aren't the only thing to bounce, you know, but it's like, um, that's a sexist terminology, you know? It, it wouldn't be human terminology. We're supposed to be attracted to each other. We're I supposed agree. to notice those things. That's why that, 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 that's how the world keeps going is because men are attracted to women and women are attracted to men or whoever the hell you're attracted to anymore. Right. But you know, <laughs> it still does take men and a woman to make a baby or at least fluids from a man and a woman to make a baby. Right. Yeah. The biology, the sperm and the egg. Let's leave it at that. Whether it's implanted into a, uh, you know, whether it's implanted in, ver in vitro to a female or 
whether it's, you know, they put a uterus into a male to hibernate for nine months or whatever. Do they do that? I mean, they have, they have successfully done that. And I'm not just talking about the movie junior with Arnold Schwarzenegger. (laughs) Um, No, they actually have done that successfully. I don't think in America, um, but, and of course it was a cesarean section. I, I mean, kidney stones are painful enough coming out of there. I don't want to feel a baby coming out of there. Um, he was, um, was it a man who had had a sex change and become a woman? No, no, no. it was a male. I think it was some African country or something like that. I don't think it was a Amer- matter of fact, let me Google that while I'm thinking or Bing it. I prefer Bing over Google. Um, male giving It was, yeah, it's uh, transgender men who gave birth loses court battle. All right. So that was, um, uh, it was now medically and legally possible. Of course, this is from CNN in 2019. Uh, medically illegal possible for an individual whose gender is recognized in law as a male to become pregnant and give birth to their child. Um, but that's more, here we go. The man who gave birth, uh, let's see, first man to give birth to a real baby, January 2017. That's a YouTube video. Um, let's see. There was a uterus uterus uh, transplant um, done. Uh, Wikipedia is not going to give me much. And do you know if it was a real uterus or was it? Uh... I would think it was like a pig uterus or something, but um, this is March 2019 in People Magazine of all places. Um, Wiley Simpson of San Antonio had already started his trans- transition. Okay, so this is a female to male transgender person. Um, he had um, gotten pregnant, so he had a uterus. Um, that uh, different that's not what i'm thinking of um i don't want to necessarily watch a youtube video (laughs) well we can research it talk about it next week that's a good idea and i'll have to uh, i'll have to look at it but yeah um i mean it has happened in 2017 i'll leave it at that Uh, saw that they just did a um, pig kidney kidney I believe a transplant into really? human just um, just this week that's and, awesome I, and I know that a lot of pig body parts are similar to humans I mean you could insert your joke there but um, I, I mean that for being somebody who has one kidney that is great news. But, um, I think that the person that they that they transplanted it into, um, I don't think he's alive. I think he's oh. on a respirator. Okay. I, I could be wrong, but that's the way I understood the news report. Mm-hmm. But they said that it it uh, had no rejection issues, so he wouldn't. So that's you know, at least a start. It is, and. Yeah, and it worked and it made pee. So, you know, that's what you want it to do. Exactly. So, I mean, it works. 
Um, Why do you only have one kidney? Well, I had one kidney. Um, I had a kidney removed when I was in third grade. Um, from the time I was a baby, there was a kink in the ureter, so it never functioned properly. When I was in third grade, uh, Thanksgiving, um, I had very bad pain in my side, like just very bad pain. Like, you know, and my grandmother being the old school Italian grandmother, she's like, here, drink some uh, salt water. It'll help. <laughs> Didn't help. Um, <laughs> eventually I ended up, you know, getting taken to the doctor. The doctor said, oh, well, you know, I had x-rays. I don't even know, remember exactly what happened, but I ended up going to the hospital and um, December 5th of 1989, um, I had my left kidney removed. I was out of school for months. You know, by the time I got home, I was in the hospital, I think 10 days. Now, if that happened, you're in the hospital, you're in the hospital two days in and out. <laughs> but yeah, I was in the hospital for like 10 days. You know, my friends came to see me. My school mates did, you know, cards for me and everything. It was, it was nice, but no. Um, yeah. I had my kidney removed when I was in third grade. And uh, so I've been living with one kidney. So, that helped me make the choice to have the bariatric surgery done to help me lose weight. Um, so I could be healthier and not have so much stress because I was, if not pre, I was definitely diabetic um, and everything. And when I had the surgery done, it wiped all that away. Diabetes gone, high blood pressure gone. I'm down 130 pounds in a year or wow. less. Than a year. You lost a whole person. I did. I lost a whole person. Like last year at this time, I weighed 430 pounds and I was in a 4X shirt. Now I weigh 296 and this shirt is an extra large. Wow. Um, so that's why the show is called Bariatric Bachelor. Because <laughs> um, in January of 2021, I had bariatric surgery. Well, good. I'm glad. I have, uh, um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I'm glad that it worked for you. I don't know that it would be right for me. You know what I mean? I just. It's not a quick fix. No, no. Jumpstart. Like yeah. that's the way I look at it. It's a jumpstart. Like they were even like, I was on the road to doing it and then COVID hit. So everything came to a halt. All the gyms shut down and you know, they were doing, they were being more selective about who goes to the hospital. My mother was so, you know, scared about me even going into the hospital, you know, cause I had to have an upper endoscopy. I'd actually have two upper endoscopies. I had the one to check it. I had, then I had one to have polyps, non-cancerous polyps removed from my next stomach. And then, you know, in January, I went for the surgery, but she was like, so worried about, oh my God, you know, just be careful about COVID. And I'm like, whatever. I, you know, um, and I just, I needed to get, my sister had it done a couple of years ago. She hasn't had any side effects. So that kind of cemented the decision for me. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah. There are parts of me that miss being able to go to an all you can eat buffet and, you know, and gorge myself Or this past Thursday, I went to have all you can eat sushi with a friend of mine and I, I can eat sushi, but I try to stay just to the fish instead of the rice and fish. Um, but you know, and I can't nearly eat as much as I used to, but I enjoyed myself and I had probably a little more than I should have, but, um, I miss being able to do stuff like that, but it completely changed my relationship with food 
because I can't just eat and eat and eat, you know, eat my emotions like I used to. <laughs> yeah. So what do you do? You do exercise is what you do now? Well, when I can, I have two days a week that I exercise Thursdays and Sundays, which soon might be Thursdays and Saturdays based on my personal schedule. But um, I do kickboxing class twice a week. I walk all the time. Like I, when I work overnights at the hotel, I walk, you know, I tour the, tour the facility I, twice or three times a night. You know, I get in my 20 minutes of walking and, you know, um, I eat, I generally stay between 1200 and 1500 calories a day. Um, and I usually do follow more of a keto diet um, and more protein based, less sugar. I buy a lot of the zero sugar stuff. Um, it, no, it's, it's great. I, they've made so such advances. Like I don't use sweet and low. I use swerve. Um, I use, you know, or either Swerve or, or Splenda. Um, but I also, I also use um, Herbalife um, for like a lot of my stuff, my teas and, and, and everything. Um, I know that's not a promotion because I know you can get a, you know, get in trouble for promoting it. Um, but I do, you know, I do use their products. Um, that's my personal choice. Um, but I, uh, I generally eat between 1200 and 1500 calories a day. Um, I do kickboxing twice a week. And after kickboxing, I go to the gym and usually do car not cardio, but I do like uh, strength training or I do ab workout or something like that on top of it. So I do extra um, and I enjoy it. Um, but what do you do for the stress? How do you get rid of the stress that you used to get rid of with a container of Oreos? Well, that's why I do kickboxing. Um, and, you know, the kickboxing helps me relieve my, relieve my stress. I do this as a way to vent and put it, get out, you know, my frustration doing the podcast. Um, I, I, that's why I'm going to, I might start doing um, writing myself, you know, maybe uh, a fiction writing um, or something. Um but I don't know. I, I haven't thought of it that much. Um, my two vices in life had always been food and sex. And well, you know, my relationship with food has changed. Um, and in terms of, you know, sex, it, you know, my fiance lives in a different state. So it's not as, you know, accessible, <laughs> if you will. Uh, but no, um, but seriously, to get out stress and stuff, I, I generally, um, I drink water, but I also have to keep focused on what's most important. And what's most important in my life is, you know, staying healthy for my son and, you know, being alive in general. So that's what, you know, I just keep that in, in front of me. Okay. Oh, good. But I'm glad you got your crap together. That's what I'm, I mean, I'm 40 years old, so I had to. Um, but you know what? We're, I think we've been on this for over an hour now. So we're going to end here. Uh, Valerie, we I want to think... talk about the music. <laughs> we didn't talk about Brandon. What yeah. the heck? Who's Brandon? Can you tell me who's Brandon? Yes. Brandon is um, 
I think it was, I want to say it was a couple weeks ago, there was a sportscaster on a news channel who was in front of a live crowd at a sporting event. And she was interviewing somebody. Um, maybe the guy's name was Brandon. I can't remember for sure. But the crowd behind her was chanting, fuck Joe Biden, loudly enough on camera. And she, instead of acknowledge, instead of just not acknowledging what they were saying, said, oh, yeah, well, the crowd behind me is chanting, let's go, Brandon. When clearly they were saying, fuck Joe Biden. I have seen that, but that is where I thought maybe Brandon was someone that. So that happened before the song. Yes. Okay. I, I listened to him last night yep. for the first time and I liked it. I'm honestly not my type of music right. usually, but I liked it. And um, he's got some other really good ones too. <laughs> oh, that's so, great. I'll have to expand it and listen to it myself too. All right. Okay. So at least we got to that. <laughs> I didn't know who Brandon was. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's what happens when you just get off tangents and go branch by branch. And, you know, amazingly, that's what happens. That's why I wanted to have a co-host. <laughs> so, um, but uh, I guess we'll call it a day now. Um, next week, we'll be back and uh, we'll talk. I, I'll actually get to some wrestling next week. And, um, but I want to thank you for tuning in um, for this episode of the Bariatric, Bach Bariatric Bachelor Now Engaged podcast. Again, my name is Vinny Avistella, and for my co-host, Valerie Noyes, who hopefully we didn't scare her off this week, and uh, she'll be back next week. Um, and again, wherever you follow, wherever you find your favorite podcasts, uh, Valerie, do you want to have, do you have any social media plugs that you want to give where people can find you or follow you? No, no social media. So you, they have to send all the comments about how much they love me to you. All right, so you can follow me on Twitter at SWE, or you could uh, send tweets to the show at Bariatric, E-N-G-P-O-D, uh, on Twitter. On TikTok, I am at Bariatric underscore Bachelor, and um, I have not uh, gotten everything together to go to video yet, so we will not be up on YouTube yet, but I want to thank you all for listening. Again, uh, my name is Vinny Apicella. This is the Bariatric Bachelor Now Engaged podcast. See you next week. Bye.